This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 149. What's Advent? Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be talking with Scott James about anticipating all of Jesus in the Advent with your family. Yeah. Daniel, did you grow up celebrating and observing Advent with your family? Not quite in the way that he talks about. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had like a Christmas season, but it wasn't necessarily day by day in the way, in the Advent sort of way that Scott talks about in today's episode. Exactly. For myself growing up as a kid, I had the Advent calendar chocolate thing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even get that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. We'll have to get you into that. Now they have everything, right? (laughs) Getting pot of gold for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Those are good goals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as we started our own family, we both decided that we wanted to incorporate our own Christmas traditions that were different from our family of origin though we still do like that chocolate Christmas Advent calendar. Mm-hmm. Advent was something that we really wanted to start to observe. I personally feel like it helps center our hearts and minds on the true meaning of Christmas instead of all the hustle and bustle of the season. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you who would like to observe Advent together as a family but don't know where to start, this episode is for you. Also, if you're like us and have been celebrating Advent together as a family for a number of years, but you're looking to do something a little bit different, this episode is also for you. A little bit about Scott James. He serves as an elder at the church at Brook Hills. He and his wife have four kids and are living in the Birmingham area where he works as a pediatric physician. He has authored six books and also has put out a book about observing Lent as a family, which is a beautiful addition to um, your family devotions as well. That's right. That's right. All right. So for all of today's links, just go to the show notes at inbetween.org slash episode 149. All right. Let's listen into the interview. Well, Scott, it's so great to sit down with you and have this conversation about Advent. Thank you. I'm, I'm so pleased to be with you. Thanks very much for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know there are probably a few of our listeners who, in seeing the title of this podcast and in even hearing us talk about this thing called Advent, uh, they're like, well, what are you talking about? And then there's a whole <laughs> other swath who are like, oh, I know, I, I recognize that word, but I don't really, you know, we didn't, I didn't really grow up observing this quote unquote Advent season that we're about to go into. And then there's everyone who's like, what? <laughs> so can you just tell us as we get going uh, a bit about what Advent is and the origins of this celebration? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I grew up not observing Advent and, and not particularly in a, a liturgical church background. So I was vaguely familiar with the concept. Uh, there were wreaths and there were lighting of candles and there were things of that nature, but uh, I didn't have a firm grasp of it. And it wasn't until uh, my wife and I had children. We were thinking about how how are we gonna how are we gonna observe Christmas? How are, how are we gonna sort of shepherd our children uh, and you know keep Jesus at the center and kind of uh, structure our house and our time in the month of December to to have fun and enjoy the festivities, but also to kind of make sure that we're uh, actually shepherding our children towards a, a, a full understanding of 
the meaning of Christmas and who Christ is. So Advent is simply that that season of expectation that leads up to the celebration of Christmas. So Christmas morning, we're celebrating, uh, you know, Christ has come. Uh, we're celebrating all that he is going to, to bring in terms of salvation. And it's this kind of concept of a season of spiritual preparation ahead of mm. the feast. So mm. there, you, I, the way I think through it is that if if every single day is a feast day, if every single day is full-fledged, you know, joy, merriment, uh, you know, full throttle celebration, it eventually, you, tiresome might not be the right word, yeah, but it eventually yeah. kind of wears you out. And if everything mm-hmm. is just joy, 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 you kind of forget that there was a season of longing ahead of time, wow. a season mm-hmm. uh, of, of drought before, you know, the rains came. And so it's, yeah. it's that sort of rhythm of need and then God providing that is what makes, I, I think, the Christian life just so rich and abundant. Uh, mm-hmm. As we walk through the valley, we know that we have a shepherd that's going to lead us to green pastures. So it's that give and take of the uh, season of preparation, season of uh, fasting that then leads into the season of celebration, the season of rejoicing and feasting. So Advent simply for us uh, is that season, the, f- the few weeks leading up to Christmas where we're still enjoying the, the trappings of Christmas time, but right. we're actually doing a little bit of spiritual preparation where we're realizing we need a savior. We, we desperately yeah, yeah. needed Christ to come. We were in this position of uh, great need uh, and, and Jesus came. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, the more, the more we yeah. prepare our hearts, the, the more joyful we're going to be on that Christmas morning. Yeah. So th- that's, I love the way that you described it, right? This season of preparation and then celebration. And as you were talking about that, I remember a few years ago discovering that, you know, that song, the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that's not actually the 12 days before Christmas, right? It's, it's afterwards. And it's this, this sense of celebration that it's not even just on Christmas day. Uh, so I love the fact that you're talking about this season of preparation and season of celebration too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas is just the beginning. It, it, it unleashes, yeah. yes. it, it unleashes the, the celebration. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even before we pressed record, Scott, you and I were talking about how we didn't grow up in a liturgical church, didn't mm-hmm. celebrate Advent, didn't observe it. I guess, I guess I did observe Advent in that I got the Advent chocolate calendars. <laughs> <There you> go, <laughs> nice. yep. So that's probably about my first introduction in that as a child. And then you were saying that you and your wife decided to observe Advent as you were raising your children children. For our podcast family, maybe they're kind of in that middle zone of didn't grow up celebrating Advent, but are having children and are deciding if, when, and how they should uh, observe Advent. Can you take us a little bit through maybe the conversations you and your wife had as you were uh, journeying to make that decision of we didn't grow up with Advent, celebrating it, observing it, but this is something that we want to practice with our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For us, it, it fit into kind of the year-long rhythms that we were establishing in terms of just family worship and, okay. uh, simply put, spending time in the Word with our children, right? Like, mm. So f- family worship or family devotionals can sound like a big and complicated thing that, uh, that we just don't have time for. But mm. uh, the, the way that I approach it just as a father and as a husband is I, I want to shepherd my family well. Uh, I, I want to show our children that God is worthy of our time and our attention and our affection. And so I'm, I'm looking for just natural ways to weave in rhythms of uh, 
discipleship essentially into the home. And so for us, uh, as our kids were young and, and growing up, we, um, just sort of established a, kind of a pattern of just kind of low key, nothing, no big ordeal, just sort of gathering together. Uh, we're going to read a little bit of the word of God. We're going to talk about it a bit. We're going to sing a hymn. We're going to pray. We're going to recite the great commission together, just some basic stuff like that. Um, yeah. and just sort of weaving that into the pattern of our daily life. Uh, and, and then when Advent comes, so like when, when it comes Christmas time, mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, let's, you know, we've got a ready-made spiritual connection here, right? The whole, yeah, the culture yeah. all around us is buzzing with Christmas carols singing about Jesus. And it's like, mm. why is, you know, why is Target playing songs about Jesus? You know, the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. it's very low hanging fruit when it comes yeah. to, to helping our kids kind of connect with, um, that the spiritual nature of, of that That's time right. of year. Yeah, so that that was just our our baseline pattern of family worship, and then Advent sort of became just the uh, maybe the subject matter or the framework Mm -hmm. that we 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 kind of went we went down that track uh, around you know late November, December, Christmas time, just kind of really focusing in on uh, yeah, just the themes leading up to the coming of Christ, and so that's when I began to think intentionally about all right, so how do I do that wisely? How do I what, what types of passages could we read? What types of verses could we discuss? What concepts are going to help things fall into place for my kids so that yeah. they have a, a, I don't know, a more full understanding of Christmas morning and just sort of, you know, Christmas morning is not compartmentalized. Christmas yeah. morning is the kind of culmination and then continuation of a beautiful ancient story of God mm-hmm. saving his people. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's interesting how uh, you put it there because even if we think about going into Target, right, or going to the store and hearing both Christmas carols redone, uh, maybe you maybe by I don't know Adele should come out with a Christmas oh album. Like goodness. she would kill it. She totally yeah, would. right. And then you got like <laughs> Mariah Carey, and then you you know you just got like the classics. Oh. Yeah, the classics, right? And then and then it's so interesting because you could walk through and and even get the lego advent calendar and do all this Mm -hmm. and completely miss christ and completely miss the story because of how our culture has usurped the season right easter is the same way right you Mm -hmm. you get kind of usurped with chocolate and easter and the easter money and all that and and that's why i love the fact that uh recently you've re-released a book that you authored a few years back, the expected one, mm-hmm. anticipating all of Jesus in the Advent, and there's also another one called the Risen One. I know we're a few months ahead of that one. That's experiencing all of Jesus in Easter, and this pair, these pair of books. I mean, literally, they are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like just, um, we'll post links in our in our show notes, and even probably just shoot the front cover because it's it's just gorgeous. It yes. really is. Yeah, and what we love about this in particular, especially in light of what we're talking about right now, is as parents, if we're not careful, mm-hmm. we will allow the busyness and the stress of Christmas and the toy catalogs and trying to figure out which house we're going to go to and how we're going to do family and how we're going to celebrate all that. All of that is going to usurp uh, what Advent is really intended to be and how Jesus has 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 really brought that about in the calendar, especially for those in ministry too. There's another layer of that as well. So how are you hoping that your book, The Expected One, will help both individuals and families remember the true meaning of Christmas? I really intend for The Expected One to be uh, an accessible and 
easy to accomplish tool that parents can use that is simply intended to be uh, a kind of an on-ramp and a bridge into spending time in the word together as a family. Mm-hmm. Wh- whatever whatever books and resources we have out there, uh, to, to me as a father trying to disciple my children, the extent to which they help me get into the word uh, and just spend some good quality time showing them the riches of God's word and the the treasures that we have in store for us there and helping them just sort of step into that story and and see mm-hmm. what God is doing in this world see his uh the way in which he is continually working to redeem his creation and, and to and to bring salvation to people who have wandered from him that's yeah, the story yeah. I want uh, to excite my kids and and to to kind of take root in their heart and so the expected one is uh, it's kind of short and sweet. These are mm-hmm. devotionals that are, again, kind of centered around the Advent theme of just sort of connecting everything to uh, Old Testament passages that point mm-hmm. forward to the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and again, yeah, just a, a simple on-ramp to sort of like weave in these patterns. These sort of, I, I kind of phrase them as low-key patterns because uh, mm-hmm. it should be something that kind of just naturally fits into the flow of your life. This is right, Deuteronomy 6 type of discipleship, just sort of mm-hmm. as you sit and as you rise and as you go by the way and just ongoing as you go discipleship. Um, family worship, just sort of actually pausing for a moment and spending time together in the Word is uh, just a waypoint that kind of helps uh, give the family a little bit of ballast, a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, uh, weight that that sort of roots the family in the Word of God, and then just fuels conversations, you know, all through the week, uh, right. all all through the rest of the month uh, as well. So, I, like I personally have a tendency to overdo things and <laughs> to have grandiose schemes. <laughs> You're and, not alone. <laughs> yeah, like oh, you know, I, I, I want to. You know, have have we want to do Advent devotionals as a family, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. a, a lot I would be prone to do is to to sort of uh, come up with this, you know, massive program. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, just a nerd, right? So I'm just gonna I'm gonna do all this work <laughs> and kind of have this thing prepared, and then before you know it, I'm you know 30 minutes into a Bible lecture, and my kids' eyes are glossing <laughs> over, and they're you know yes. <laughs> just passing out from boredom, uh, right? And I've I've let the ideal of like what family worship or time in the Word. I've let that ideal become an obstacle to reality. Um, oh, wow. And so, yeah, really the the idea with uh, the expected one and, and kind of the way family worship in my home is it's just keep it simple, keep it yeah. fun, keep it engaging, keep pointing them to the glory of God uh, and, and, and let him do the work. Yeah, amen. Uh, Scott, I love how you were talking about um, – expectancy versus reality. (laughs) And then you were also talking about the words like short and sweet, keep it short, keep it to the point. For those of our podcast family who are thinking about getting the book, but are also like, really, Scott, like, is it really actually going to be short and sweet? Because we've read and we've gone through it and actually do see how poignant it is, but how it's not going to take, you know, eight hours of your day. But can you sort of describe maybe what a day or two days would look like for those who are like, I don't actually sure if you know what you mean. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. No, trust me. These are short and sweet. They are. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so each day is its own devotional. It's uh, okay. uh, a verse or two, usually just a, a very, very brief uh, verse or passage. Uh, and then uh, a, a, a kind of a blurb of a paragraph that uh, somewhat unfolds what's going on, kind of helps, you know, basically a parent can just sort of read it out loud to their kid. Uh, or read it to themselves or their small group, however you're using it. Uh, the paragraph gives a real basic uh, explanation and connection point. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a few discussion questions 
that are aimed more directly at kids. So they're, they're trying to help parents, fi- again, find on-ramps for the kids to just sort of simply engage the text, ask questions of the text, think about what the text uh, is saying to them. Um, some questions, you know, real uh, brief and to the point, just kind of in, intended to get them to interact with the text. Some questions mm-hmm. that are going to ask parents and kids to really open their minds and their hearts and sort of think through some things together. I, I did include uh, kind of a, a last question that's uh, sort of a bigger open-ended question that's just sort of dig deeper, just kind of di- dive in and, you know, parents can judge whether or not they, they want to go through that with their kids or just reflect mm-hmm. on it personally. Mm-hmm. And then a, a simple prayer point that connects with the theme. So all told, it's, it's a, you know, a, a relatively brief thing. You, you really could kind of fly through it in five minutes. Or you can let your kids uh, sort of go down some rabbit trails and ask some questions. And, uh, nice. you know, you, you can spend as long as, it, you know, so, sometimes my kids ask a, a question and it triggers a 30-minute conversation. But it's a conversation that, right, that, that we're walking down together. I'm not dragging right. them down the road. Right. They're, they're asking these questions. Um, so I guess I, the other part that I would, because each day is just kind of a short and sweet uh, devotional, uh, the the concept of it is that the 25 days really, really do connect together. So mm-hmm. each day, though each day is um, uh, kind of a concise but hopefully biblically profound reflection, the idea is that over the course of the 25 days leading up to Christmas, you're essentially, it's like little building blocks and you're just kind of mm-hmm. building and connecting the dots and you're seeing this sort of thread of Christ through the Old Testament. Um, so the book is is kind of divided into different parts uh, that highlight just different aspects. So I, I, one of the main concepts of it is uh, I, I want I wanted to show children and families uh, that the Christ that is pointed toward in the Old Testament uh, mm-hmm. was multifaceted. Right? It was yeah. it was not just baby in a manger. It, it was certainly that, but the Old Testament clearly pointed forward to who Christ would be what type of life he would live, the death he would die, his resurrection, his eternal reign, the kind of everything that we think of when we think of the glory of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, There are either direct prophecies or shadows of it in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. that are kind of pointing forward. And so, uh, yeah, I think the the book really does kind of build uh, throughout the weeks. uh, And so by the time you get kind of close to Christmas, Mm -hmm. you and your family will have been drenched in lots of different aspects of uh, Christ in the Old Testament. And then the, that's kind of the end. So that's the preparation. And right. so now on Christmas morning, having considered all of these promises, now let's give like full hearted celebration to the fact that this yeah. amazing Messiah has already come. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Scott, you've done such an incredible job uh, 
balancing the tension in devotions and children's, um, you know, books that are intended to be read and and done together with kids. Like there's such a there's such a delicate balance where it needs to be interesting enough for the kids and and simple enough for children of all ages. And I'm thinking my seven year old and our 12 year old, they can all engage in this mm-hmm, together. Sure. Um, and our 11 year old, you know, 10, 11 year old in the middle of it, right? They can engage. But, but I think the balance that you struck was not only is not only the simplicity of what you've done, but the profound nature of how adults can also their faith can grow mm-hmm. in and through this too. So, so just to kind of, I, I, and I love systems and structures and all that stuff. And, and I've noticed what you've done here is just absolutely beautiful. How you, you start with the old Testament passage, you have that paragraph, uh, you have questions and you have answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that the answers aren't in the back uh, and they're not upside down, like, you know, in math textbooks where it's like, it really sold text. Yeah. yeah. It's, My neck is too yeah. old to, to do that anymore. Yeah. The answers are right there, right? Like, for example, um, hostility means, here's one of your questions. Hostility means that two things are against each other. When, what set God and Satan against each other? And then your answer, simple, Satan turned against God and then tempted man to do the same. Mm-hmm. And each of these build on each other. And then the, what I love is in the further reflection is you bring it to the New Testament. You bring it to Christ and you give us a really simple point of prayer that wow. whether a parent is just exploring faith in Christ, mm-hmm. right, or, or have been a follower of Christ for the last year or 50 years, right? I, I think everyone can benefit and grow personally from this. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So uh, we're actually really, really excited to start this with our family. Yeah. Um, and just to really be reminded, but also grow. Yeah. And I love how you have questions in there and then answers. But I also love how I know that our kids all look at life differently. Yes. And so yeah. how there'll be more questions with that mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, our next question, Scott, is a reflection of how I felt many times during family devotions that I um, oscillate between I don't want it to be too short because then I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like if I just read one verse to my children, well, that like I understand that that we are planting seeds, but that's just one verse. <laughs> and then I go to the other side of, well, I can't do 45 minutes. We don't have 45 minutes. But if I don't even try for 45 minutes, then should I should I continue? Mm-hmm. And then I see on Instagram or on people's Facebook lives that they're doing devotions with their kids and their kids are all sitting there so quietly with smiles on their face. They're all drinking hot cocoa yeah. together while they're <laughs> the reading the word of God. 30 seconds that that actually happened. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? They might have got paid to do that as well. We don't know. But um, it really does um, put this expectation upon myself as a mom and as a parents that we do, we understand that we are to be the main disciplers of our children. But then there's just a discouraging aspect of that too, when it doesn't go the way that we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to families? Cause I'm guessing, you know, you're, you have family, you have children yourself that it doesn't always go as you hope. 
Not everybody's always listening. There could be kids who are fighting. There could be kids who are crying. There could be kids who are picking their nose, who say, I don't know, to all those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to families who are just feeling a little discouraged? Oh, that's a fantastic question. It's certainly something we walk through all the time. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I have four kids. And, uh, f- you know, for us, again, it's, it's sort, it, it has become a rhythm in our life. And so it's something mm-hmm. that they know and expect. It's not a, uh, a, an off the wall or odd thing. So there is something to be said about patterns and habits and developing right. good, healthy spiritual habits in the family uh, that sort of lead to practical, tangible uh, fruit, right? So we're we're we're, we're doing this, and uh, the, the kids, generally speaking, are on board with that, right? Like they 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 get it. They they have benefited from uh, really good, helpful conversations that have come through this format over the years uh, when we kind of gather together and, and do a little family worship or family devotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, my kids are crazy. Uh, and, <laughs> and so it's, it's a, it is a wild time sometimes, right? Like it is yeah. uh, a lot of times they're, they're either just off the wall or they're, you know, depending on their particular mood, they're unengaged. Uh, all the normal thing, right? So I, I've never taken a photo and posted it on Instagram uh, for for this because <laughs> it would just be yeah. whatever. It's it's it it is it would be a, a snapshot of a, a situation that is so variable. Um, yeah, and so I, here's the thing. I, so again, I said before this is something that I struggle with. So I'm preaching to myself here. Mm-hmm. Don't let the ideal stop you from taking practical steps for just the reality. Right, so mm-hmm. whatever you build it up in your mind as what family worship should be, your family discipleship, however that should look in your home, and that could look a billion different ways in different mm-hmm. homes. Whatever that looks like to you, if you've got an ideal expectation of what it should be and how your perfect children should sit there perfectly as angels and receive, you know, receive the spiritual instruction, and then you know, uh, whatever that looks like, that's not going to happen that way, right? Like you're, you're, it's mm-hmm. it rarely happens in that sort of way, <laughs> and so that's that is fine. Just kind of keep going, be consistent, meet your kids where they are. And that is part of the, for me, the the simplicity of the matter uh, right. and the 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 real goal of sort of keeping it engaging. And so I think honestly, that's a just a bigger concept for discipleship. So if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm discipling anyone, so like if I'm spending time with uh, just a, a friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, helping lead this person in the word and kind of trying to help do spiritual good with them. I'm trying to kind of foster their spiritual life. The idea is that I need to meet them where they are. I can't, when it comes to discipleship, you can't drag somebody kicking and screaming towards healthy Mm -hmm. relationship with Christ. Uh, And and so the idea is, is just sort of meet them where they are and engage them on that same page uh, and then help them do the next right thing, help them take the next step of faith, help them grow in their trust of God. Uh, just where, wherever they are, meet them where they are and then walk with them the next step down the road. It's the same thing with kids. So if, mm. if I have these outlandish expectations and family discipleship becomes basically me, you know, grabbing them by the collar and trying to drag them down the road towards sanctification, <laughs> uh, that's obviously not going to go well. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, engage them where they are and then let them in some ways set the pace and, mm. and so by that, I mean, our, for our family worship, a lot of the time really is, uh, I guess, directed by the kids, right? They're the ones that are uh, sort of asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll ask some open-ended type things, but we really do try to let them uh, lead in some way um, yeah. and, and, and kind of let us know where they are, where their hearts are, what questions they have, what are they struggling with? 
and, and just sort of, again, meet them where they are and, and help keep them engaged in, in it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I think, I think one thing to add on to that is, uh, and, and it's, it's completely going along with what you're saying in, in terms of letting the kids lead it. Like you never want to have this sense where maybe your personal, uh, sense of, man, I didn't spend time with God today, so I'm just going to do that with my kids. And you end up turning your family devotions into your own personal ones and, and it doesn't go the way you want it to. And then you're like, oh, but I need to spend time with you. Yeah. Spend time with Jesus first, you know, do that by yourself. And then when you're with your kids, yeah, you want them to want to spend time with Jesus, right? You right. want them to look forward to this rather than dread it. Yeah. Otherwise, that, that is going to be, uh, have long-term detriment to their spiritual life. Yeah, Daniel, that is that is such a good point. Uh, and, and it is really that. And it I kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, pre- preacher uh uh, preparation. Uh, so yeah, if, if, yeah. if you're preparing for the sermon or preparing to teach a Sunday school or whatever it is, if that in and of itself is your only devotional time with the Lord, that's probably not a good place to be, yes. right? This, this sort of yeah. stuff, this sort of discipleship ministry should be an overflow of what God's yeah, that's right. already doing in your heart as you meet him, um, in the word. Yeah, man, that's, that's a yeah. fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, Scott, we recognize that our, uh, the majority of our podcast family will listen into this episode in and around November 30 when we're golfing. <laughs> and, and this book does come out December 1st. And thank God for Amazon and the one two-day delivery and, and Kindles you and all that stuff. You can pre-order too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we recognize that that is uh, the majority. But there are going to be individuals who listen to this later on in the year. Um, and when we think about devotions like this... Um, when you, and, and, and not only just this one in particular, but devotions with our children and with our families, um, how, how do you find that that helps us experience Jesus, uh, not just during this holiday season where we have something laid out like this, but throughout the year too? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the idea here, particularly with the topic of, uh, of the expected one is that it's, it's sort of preparing you for Christmas morning, but the preparation of that is you recognizing that Christmas morning is the the kind of ushering in the the life and ministry of Christ, right? And yeah. so the ongoing fruit and connection that you're going to have with that. And so for if a family is doing the expected one around, you know, through Christmas time, my prayer is that the themes and concepts that you're walking through during that time are just going to be foundational for continued conversations throughout the year. Mm. Um, and, and so it, I don't in any way intend for this to be something that is compartmentalized into just the month of December. And then once December 25th happens, close the book and put it on a shelf and mm-hmm. uh, never speak of it again until next Christmas. <laughs> I think like the concept of Christmas and essentially what we're looking at is the incarnation of Jesus Christ, right? God coming to save his people mm-hmm. is something that's going to hopefully transform every single day of the year. Uh, and for my kids, it's it's been something that has led to ongoing and further discussions all throughout the year. So we right. uh, we we've been doing this long enough. So for us, it's, it's kind of a, a cycle, right? We, we do it each, mm-hmm. each year. And that's been one of the beautiful things is to see year after year, seeing uh, the kids connect at a deeper level each year. So oh, we're going through the same so same. And before, honestly, before the book came out, these were little printed index cards that I made up that it, for just yeah, my family okay. worship, like here's 25 that. passages that we're going to talk through. Yeah. So we've been doing this at my house for over a decade. And, and the, the idea 
year after year, revisiting that verse. And in one sense, it's like, oh, that old verse, I know that one. But then in another sense, it's they see a layer of it. They see a meaning yeah. of it that they didn't. They see a connection point. They go, oh, I never saw that before. And, and it's something that is just time, like kind of over time, again, sort of weaving in rhythms and patterns. It has a deep effect on the heart that I can't even calculate or fathom, right? It's, it's yeah. completely unexpected. So that um, in July, you know, we're having some conversation and one of my kids brings up a connection point. They're like, oh yeah, yeah it's oh, kind of cool. like that verse in Zephaniah 3. How And, and then they'll, they'll cite one of our Advent verses. Yeah, oh cool. And it's it's just beautiful. So my, I really do hope um, that a, a book like this, or or just the concept of devotions, getting in the habit of doing them as a family, uh, Christmas is a good time to do that because it's just sort of a again sort of spiritual connections are everywhere. But I hope that kind of just sets a rhythm and a practice that families can kind of get in throughout the rest of the year. Just sort of weave in that pattern of just spending spending a little a little bit of time in God's Word each and every day with your kids. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. See where it leads. They're going to ask yeah. the craziest questions and it's going to lead to some of the most amazing off the wall and yet spiritually beneficial questions uh uh, conversations uh that that you've ever had yeah that's right yeah that's what i love about it every kid does get at it from a completely different perspective and you're like wait what that's not even Oh, yes. that is a really good well, question. Do you remember? I think our son was like four or five at, at the time we were doing family devotions. And then he said, um, Mommy, Daddy, does does Jesus love Satan? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's okay. a good question. Oh, that is a really good question. <laughs> All right. So we're going to put aside what we were talking about. Let's talk about this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good so. to see where the kids come from. So right. I, yeah. An aspect of that that we've seen um, real, really cool conversations in our home has been training our kids to be disciplers themselves. Mm. So we've mm. my kids range uh, from currently we are eight to sixteen. Mm. Um, okay. No, sorry, ten to sixteen. Uh, I miscounted a kid. Uh, ten to sixteen. <laughs> so it's over. You know, a relatively wide. I don't know. That's to, to me, that's a wide range, but. I, I need to talk to my youngest child differently than I need to talk to my oldest child, yeah, right? Like, right. so I've got to, again, meet them where they are. Right. And one of the things that has helped us uh, keep these devotions kind of continually fresh and engaging is letting the kids actually lead them. Uh, so yeah. I mentioned before, yeah. letting them lead, meaning you're open yeah. to their questions and you're letting yeah. them kind of right. have a, a forum where they can ask open and honest questions and not feel like they're disrupting things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also tangibly let them lead. All right. Like, so who, who's going to lead tonight? And so one of the kids, uh, and, and they really enjoy sort of rotating through, they'll, right. they'll, they'll again, and the, 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 the devotions themselves are uh, hopefully kind of short and accessible enough that even mm-hmm. a young child can do that. And they'll lead through and kind of help direct the conversation and the questions are there. Wow. Yeah. So they've got a, a roadmap, but right. man, oftentimes they'll go off the roadmap and they'll, ask their own little side questions of like, Hey, I mean, that makes me think of this. Like, so what, what about this? Yeah. And it's been really fun watching them, uh, just, you know, learn, uh, learn to help lead others into the word. Right. So particularly like my older kids, I'll be thinking through, uh, how are, how are you during this time? How are you helping your younger brother or your younger sister, uh, go deeper into the word? And so having them think intentionally about, 
just discipleship and, and how they're That's being cool. a good example and oh. leading. Oh, I love that. That is gold. We're yeah. going to do that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Ding, 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 you know, the light yeah. bulb goes off. I'm like, oh yeah, they're totally ready for that yeah, they as are well. Ready. Yeah. So of just that next step of discipleship, like you're saying, um, that it's not just mommy and daddy's responsibility. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we're encouraging their own quiet time, but how beautiful that would be yeah. to, oh, I just might cry every yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Many, many times my wife and I have just sort of looked at each other quietly from across the room as it's going on going like this is awesome yeah oh so cool well scott thank you so much for uh your ministry and and in writing this the expected one anticipating all of jesus in the advent uh if people want to pick up this book or learn more about you connect with you where's the best place for them to go Uh, yeah the the books are you know on sale anywhere amazon uh the uh each book has its own website, so it's the expected one book.com and the risen one book.com. Uh, and the risen one kind of picks up shortly after Christmas is over, so it kind of actually even starts in sort of the uh, epiphany type season and yeah, leads okay. you up okay. the, the couple of months into Easter. So it's, it's kind of a long, uh, it's a weekly devotional that's intended to guide you the, the couple of months gotcha. up to Easter. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, the expected one book.com and the risen one book.com. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm online at the, the usual places, uh, Twitter okay. and, and such. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. we did want to highlight too, I, I, if you can, I saw it quickly. I don't know if it's on your website or the book website, but, um, you do have a printable or at least a guide to help families through, um, yes. family devotions. Yes, absolutely. So each, each, uh, website, uh, each of the book's websites has a guide to family worship. Uh, so okay. if, if, if you're listening to this conversation and you're just going, I have no idea what Daniel and Christina and Scott are even talking about. What is family worship? Uh, There's a very simple guide that just sort of introduces the concept and gives a Mm -hmm. few very, very tangible, easy steps of like, here, this is, this is what we mean. Um, So hopefully very accessible. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being with us and our podcast family today on the episode. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Well, thanks again for listening into today's episode with Scott. We do hope that you're able to implement or try some of the principles that we talked about here and that you could also pick up his book anywhere books are sold. If you want to share this link with a friend, then you can just go to inbetween.org slash episode 149. You can shoot that over to them or just hit the share button on your favorite podcasting app and you can send that over to them as well. We'll catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.